if you don't talk about it and you don't have cultural conversations with your diverse group of friends, then all of a sudden it feels like you only talk about it when all this happens. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and comforts in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. I love the work of being a culture coach because usually when things happen in the country or if people are trying to process things from earlier in their uh, livelihoods or even in their childhood sometime, I like being one of those people who can come alongside of someone else and help to show them a new path or, or help to show them a new insight regarding how to think about what they see all around them. During this most recent time in our country where we've had another racially fueled event, I decided to host a Zoom call, a culture coaching call, for just a handful of people. I had about um, 20 people on the call and just put a a call out on Facebook and said, if if there's anybody that wants to ask a question or wants to process, uh, no judgment, uh, just for learning and for growing, send them to me. We'll have a Zoom conversation together Um, and try to move forward. And I had about 20 people on the call and got some fantastic questions. So this week's podcast is the answer to one of the questions that came up multiple times, which is particularly, what does it tangibly look like to stand with your friends of different cultures and colors when things happen in the country, when racially fueled events happen? So here's my answer. Enjoy. Make it a habit in your world with your friends to have conversations about diversity um, and about people's experiences because then when things like this do happen in the country um, it's a natural part of the conversation for you to talk about it you know non-white american people talk about race all the time. And I don't know that people know this all the time if you didn't grow up in that people group, right? Or, or a people group that is non-white American. So we're, I mean, I'm, I'm 43 and there's never ever been a time in my life where I have not had conversations about race, right? It is so much a part of, our experience as non-white Americans that, and by the way, it's not always bad, right? So it's, it's not always um, violence and aggression and police and these kinds of things. So just know that it's not always this awful, it's awful things happen. That certainly, that certainly happens in conversations in our communities. However, there's 
there are jokes made about things and an ease of conversation around race in non-white American cultures, just because there's never been a time for most of us, not all, I'm making a huge generalization, by the way, but I would say for most of us in the communities, we, there's never been a time that we've not had to think about it, whether that's positive or negative, right? So that's just something to always know. So for a lot of, um, I know in my, my experience, my white American friends, it's kind of like there are two ways to talk about race, right? There is either, either you talk about it so much because your family is racist, right? And it's like, you know, you're Aunt Linda somewhere talking about, thing, and you're like, please, Aunt Linda, don't say that, right? And you're like, I don't want even people to know that I know you, sort of a thing, right? Where you have really bad experiences talking about race. And then the opposite end of the spectrum, which is we don't talk about it because the family I grew up in or whatever it is, we didn't want it to be an issue, right? We just wanted, our family wanted people to see people for people, period. And that's where a lot of the, you know, we're colorblind comes from, right? The, the intention of that is pure and it's true. It's just not always necessary, okay? So think about this. Non-white Americans talk about race all the time. So if you look at this continuum, right? We're always talking about it, always talking about it. And then for a lot of white Americans, their experiences is either we talk about it in a negative way or don't talk about it at all. So you can already see in our experiences the problem that this poses given what we're even talking about. So if you have serious relationships with friends and people that are non-white American and you're white American, it's probably not gonna be weird for them to talk about it. And it's not like you're talking about it every time because that's not, that's not normal, right? Like that's, that's, that's weird. But when you're talking about it all the time and it's a natural part of the rhythm of conversation, when these events happen, particularly for those of you that are white American, it doesn't have to feel like, oh God, I don't know what to say because it's a natural part of the conversation. When you're, in, when you're in relationship with people in diverse backgrounds, you've already had conversations about, you know, what's it like to be you, right? What's it, what's, it, what's it like to be a Korean person in America, right? What's it like to be a Jewish person in America? What's it like to be an African-American person? What's it like to be a white person? You've already had some of these conversations, okay? So what I would say, first of all, is um, just keep having the conversation. And know, and this is where bravery comes in, know that particularly within the context of your relationships, trust that if you mess up and you say something that you didn't know was a trigger for somebody, I would hope, this is not always the case, but I would hope that if you are in sincere relationship with someone that they would love you enough to say, yeah, that, that probably wasn't the way to say that. <laughs> Try this instead, right? So, so let me just say that, that that is one of the best ways 
for you to stand with someone in this context that we're talking about that happened to an African-American person. That's one of the best ways that you can stand with them. It's going to take bravery, but the, the more you can just have culture be a normal part of the conversation with your friends and not be afraid of it, um, the better it is. Because then here's the other thing it can create is, you know, if you don't talk about it and you don't have cultural conversations with your diverse group of friends, then all of a sudden it feels like you only talk about it when all this happens, right? Like it, it takes a shooting, it takes aggression, it takes something awful for you to even bring it up. And then that's actually when it feels weird for people. And I think that's when people feel like, you know, when you can get the response of, why do I have to educate you every single time? This, right? Like, because, that's the only time we talk about it. And then at that point, it doesn't seem natural. So with this particular question, that is one of the best things that you can do is just to keep talking about culture and asking good questions in the midst of your friendships. Because then when this happens, it's normal. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.